Welcome to the Watermark Students Podcast, a podcast for students featuring students where we discuss the everyday issues of teenage life from a Christian perspective. For more information on Watermark Students, check out watermark.org slash students, and we hope that this episode is helpful to you. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Watermark Students Podcast. My name is Will McElroy. I'm one of your co-hosts, and today joined with me is Hannah Spence. What's up, Hannah? Hey, hey. I'm so glad you remember my name this time. I remembered your name every time. (laughs) (laughs) And then, as always, Jermaine Harrison. Hey, great to be here, everyone. And our student guest today is Cole Farley. What's up, Cole? Hey, guys. Hey, Will. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Cole. Uh, Cole, what school do you go to? I go to Highland Park. I'm a junior. Come on. And you do this. Thing called Crew, which there's a person at the table who had no idea what Crew was. We won't say her name. Oh, (laughs) but but what is Crew? So I think the simple form I can put it in is rowing. If you took a canoe and made it and just elongated it, a little sleeker, (laughs) yeah, a little sleeker, more aerodynamic, carbon fiber. (laughs) Um, That's what you're doing. Yeah, and then you move it as fast as you can. Um, Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, today we were discussing beforehand, we want to continue some etiquette training because I think we did that in a a past podcast about when to open the door for someone, how close do they need to be before you just keep walking and go about your merry way. Well, in the same way, we want to talk about some more etiquette training, and this has to do with movies. Now, a lot of you teens listening, you've missed out on movies because, you know, the COVID area. So those Mm -hmm. critical moments in your life when you're becoming a teenager, you're becoming an adult, you didn't learn how to do this practice, (laughs) which was when you go to a movie, is it wrong to bring your own snacks into the movie theater? Or do you buy a a bag of Skittles for $3 from the concession stand? Which one should you do? What do y'all think? So mm. I think you're wrong. I think it's way more than three dollars. I think it's upwards of six. Like it, it's getting ridiculous. So I, I would say crazy. I'd stamp my approval on yes. If you can find a creative, great way to get some snacks in a movie theater, you know, all the power to you. I get why you don't want to pay twenty dollars for your Dr Pepper. Um. <laughs> yeah, the statistics show that most movie theaters make their make the majority of their money from food and not necessarily from like ticket sales. Like obviously they make money from the ticket sales, but you buy a ticket for ten dollars and you buy a popcorn, a soda, a piece, a candy. Easily you're at you're at fifteen twenty bucks. So what there you go. What theater are you going to? My tickets are like seventeen bucks, and then you at this Alamo, Alamo Draft House. Come on, people! It's the best movie theater in the land. Um, obviously, I think from a from a a moral standpoint, the the movie theater would frown upon you bringing in mm-hmm. you know your own outside personal candy and not purchasing their own. And so there there's there's a tension there, but. I think I think most people have probably done that. Brought the Skittles in their pocket or the Sour Patch Kids or something like that. And it's I don't know. I I think I plead the fifth on on, <laughs> on my on my position <laughs> on it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done it. Never. You I don't never... think I've ever brought snacks and I don't go to the movies very often though. Well, then, but, there you go. But also for I, a regular movie attender, if someone's like going to the movies, you know, at least once a month. They're not trying to buy five dollar Skittles every yeah. single time. Is it yeah. stealing though? Would you consider that's that why, stealing? That's oh. why. That's why I said from a moral, moral standpoint, standpoint it's, 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 in, yeah. it's yeah. up. It's up for debate. Like, is it looked down on, or is it actually not 
allowed to bring in outside food or drinks. I'm like, if the theater That's says good... so, then I'm like, okay. Yes. I'm no, I don't you. think any theater says so, but like if, if, you know, someone who works for, I don't know, AMC sees you walking by and just pulling out Sour Patch out of your pocket, they'll look at you out of the side of their eye, right? Um, but know, it's not it's not against the rules, technically. But, like, what if yeah. you're not bringing candy? It's like you're headed to the movies and you're just like, I just really want these Trader Joe's Takis. <laughs> and it's like they don't offer it. That's Is it true. okay for me to bring it? You know, I'm not sure. I'll let the Holy Spirit lead in your life. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Here, here's my last thing in the movies. And this I'll get roasted for this. But if I could ban snacks from movies, I would. Why? I don't want to hear some guy smacking on his popcorn or his Skittles Amen. or Starburst right next to me. Like the rapper, rid of them. Yeah, bring a bring a drink, bring a water. That's it. I don't think I would roast you. I understand that take. Yeah. Um, while I wouldn't be mad if people are eating candy or popcorn around me, I can understand why someone's like, if this went away, I'd be I'd be happy. The rappers are yeah. crinkling yeah, everywhere. Yeah, get, yep. get rid of all of them. Get rid of all of them. <laughs> Anyway, so today we're we're not going to talk about movie theaters for this whole time. And, you know, maybe just a way to transition to this topic is God ripping me off. Some of you guys, you don't bring your snacks to to the movie theaters because of that moral reasoning that Jermaine mentioned. He's like, you know, it's wrong. You know, you shouldn't do it. And in the same way, you you may be feeling ripped off on life in some ways of that you can't experience the the fullness of all that life offers because you know that it should be wrong, right? Well, I thought you were going to go with the, like, you know, ripping a can, a bag of candy open and, like, trying to, like, tie it in. Yeah. But that was still good, though. That it was, was a, great. It was a loose tie. And anyways, we probably need some more explanation, Cole, on what does this title mean? Because you kind of picked this topic. And, and so what does it mean when, when we say, is God ripping us off? So, yeah, it's definitely a deeper question. I've heard a lot of people when I, when I asked them about going in and doing this, what their thoughts were, first thing they said was, whoa. Um, yeah, it's a deeper topic, but I think the more important thing is God, people think God is ripping them off because they are kept away from worldly things. Mm-hmm. They're kept away from, you know, drinking. They're kept away from hooking up. They're kept away from all these things, all these things that you feel like younger you can do just because you're young and you'll get back to God when you're older. You're putting them on hold for a couple of years and then, yeah, and eventually you can't follow the crowd even though you think it is fun. Sometimes we do see that as more fun than sitting and, (laughs) you know, saying we are Christian, we can't do that. So I think it's ultimately you can't follow the crowd. You're kept away from worldly things and a lot of people will put it on hold just because they say they're younger and they Mm -hmm. can wait. God can wait. Yeah, I truly remember when I was younger, sitting at home or doing whatever and thinking, man, I'm going to live life like I want mm-hmm. to and chase the world. And then when I'm on my deathbed, what what's going to stop me from enjoying <laughs> this life to the fullest? You got me, Jesus. And then, yeah, when I'm 90, I'm going to be like, hey, what's up, homie? You got me, God. Like, I forgive me of everything that I did for the past 80 years. Yeah. Now, can I go to heaven and then experience eternity after experience all the greatness of of earth and but would you say Cole that I know you're only what 17 Mm -hmm. would you say that that is a reality that would happen to people like if you have that mindset of I'm gonna live life now and then take my faith seriously later Mm -hmm. why why is that a bad mindset to have you yeah you gotta trust God in that and you can't you have to trust that he knows better for you and sometimes we think we know better sometimes we go on and we're we believe that we know 
how to do life and we have the eventual best way, but ultimately mm-hmm. we have to know that our choices lead to destruction yeah. and admit that to, to the Lord and yeah. trust his decisions. Yeah. I think that the, a couple of things come to my mind cause this is a, a really loaded question. And the first thing is obviously we're speaking to, um, uh, Christian teenagers when we talk about this idea of is God ripping me off? The first thing is that we just live in a culture where uh, a life of fun and enjoyment and pleasure is like um, clear for all to see, whether that be in music or movies or on social media. And so like even the temptation to feel or to, you know, to consider that question, man, am I missing out on something because I'm a follower of Jesus? I think that that temptation specifically is greater than ever. And then number two, the question of why is is God ripping me off might be one of the oldest questions ever asked by human beings. Like going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, that was a lie that the enemy um, presented to Adam and Eve. He was like, hey, I know God said don't eat from this fruit, um, but but I think he's holding back on you because if you do, you'll be like God. Here are the things that you'll get. Here are the things that you'll enjoy. Um, and he's just trying to rip you off. And so from the beginning of literally from the beginning of human history, we've been asking that question, is God ripping me off? And then the last thing I'll say on what you said, um, Cole, was the concept of, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have fun now. I don't want to be ripped off by God, but later on I'll be like, God, you got me and, you know, give my life to Christ on, on my deathbed. Like, it's just such a very prideful and presumptuous question. Like when you read all through scripture, one scripture that comes to my mind is, I think it's James four, uh, where it talks about, um, what is your life? It is even a vapor. It appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. And the idea behind that is none of us are guaranteed 80 years or 60 years or 20 years or 18 years. And so it's prideful and, um, you know, presumptuous to be like, I'll live my life how I want now and I'll mm-hmm. clean it up and, you know, live differently and live for Christ later. Cause hum, you don't know how much time you have and when really is later, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. To add to what Jermaine said about the enemy from the very beginning, um, distorting and lying to us. He's crafty and he knows how to tempt us. And he mm-hmm. um, is looking for any way to do that. And John 10, 10, it says the enemy comes to still kill and destroy. Um, he comes to confuse our understanding of God and that abundant life comes from Christ um, and is looking to pull you away from that. Yeah. I don't think like Will said before we started this, he said, you won't, you won't eat dirt from Satan. It has to be something luxurious, something that you want, something that you are tempted by. And so I think by that, he uses the things we are tempted by, just like you said, to pull us in and pull us away from God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sin feels good. Sin feels that's why good, we yeah. do it. It feels good in the moment, but that's all it is. It's just a moment. And yeah. then we end up with the consequences of it. Um, but okay, cool. I, I think it's a fair question to ask though, to the teens or anyone could ask of that, is God ripping me off? Because if you've grown up in the church or if you read the Bible out of context, it can feel that way, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all mentioned the garden, Adam and Eve, God, one of the first things he tells, tells them is don't eat of this tree. Yeah. If you keep reading, you'll hear stuff like don't watch porn, uh, don't have sex before marriage, yeah. uh, don't party, right? If that's your experience of church is just hearing stuff out of context, it's better to gouge out your eyes than to lust. Uh, put to death the spirit of the flesh. And Mm -hmm. the Bible, it kind of speaks in extremes of this. And 
if you read it out of context, it does feel like God is just giving us a list of yes and no's. But why, why is that an incorrect view of God? So, yeah, I think if you walked into church one time and they were talking on the topic of temptations and you heard gouge out your eyes instead of lust, I mean, that would strike some fear into you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you you wouldn't really know what you're talking about. Yeah. People want me to gouge my eyes out. Like, <laughs> uh, So I think ultimately you have to sit down and try to understand a very complicated thing. And I think community helps with that. I think getting to know believers and people who can mentor you. Um but I think out of context, it's very hard to understand God. Yeah. And I would say that to sum that up is Christianity isn't a list, but it's rather a relationship. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to Genesis and creation, God created us in for relationship for him before he even gave any sort of command or list to follow and keeping that framework and idea of God, that it is a relationship and all that he asks flows from that relationship with him. Yeah. Yeah. What was that verse called? We talked about it before this Psalm 139. You had a verse from there pulled up. Yeah. So it said, you hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me to lofty, too lofty for me to attain. Yeah. And I think the, the reason you, you had that pulled up is kind of what Hannah was talking about is the, it, it may feel if we read the Bible out of context, it may feel like a list of yes or no's, but the why behind that is important to understand. And the reason that God gives us rules, the reason that God gives us commandments is because of that verse, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, I've gone before you. I've gone behind you. Like, I know what will happen if you choose uh, to this path of destruction. Like, I know the danger that will happen in your life. And I'm going to give you these rules to protect you from those things. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, would y'all have anything to add? Yeah, on that? it's like it's like me as a father um, to my son Winslow. Um, some of you might not know this; you might think it's weird, but I iron clothes, my t-shirts or whatever shirts I'm wearing for the day, almost every single day. Wow. And sometimes I'm like really lazy to take out the ironing board, and so I'll iron it, you know, like iron my shirt like on my bed. And usually by that time, Winslow's up; he's you know crawling around, walking around. And sometimes he comes over and he's trying to touch the hot iron. And so I've I've had to like train him and teach him to understand like you don't touch this because if you touch this, like it's not going to go well with you. And obviously he doesn't understand, you know, the fully the concept of it. And, And I think about that similarly in our relationship with God. Like God is giving us guidelines and boundaries and instructions and reminders, honestly, for our good and for our protection. But we think and feel like God's ripping us off. Sometimes when I hold him back from trying to get, you know, touch the iron or touch the hot shirt or something like that, my son starts freaking out because he's, you know, a year and a half. And he's like, there's this good thing that I really want to do. But really, it's something that leads to destruction for him. And he just doesn't know it. Uh, but but God sees a bigger picture, a greater, more full picture than we do. And um, it would do us well to to trust his leading and direction there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so cool. If someone came to me and they said that I feel like God is ripping me off. I feel like the Bible is a list of rules, mm-hmm. yeses and nos. I would tell them, I would say, hey, I think that's a lie and that you should choose Christ. You should continue to choose Christ because he is worth it. And so help me, help us just understand, like, why, why is Christ worth it? 
So yeah, I think ultimately you you need a savior. And like we just said in Psalm 139, he goes before and behind you. And I think ultimately you find satisfaction in Christ and other places you wouldn't. I think you can ask a lot of people. I know Jermaine said this a lot, but like famous athletes like Tom Brady, you can ask them and I'm sure they'd say something is missing. There is a piece of their life that is unfulfilled. They, they're, they're longing for something else. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's something not quite there. Also, I think by having that in God, you eliminate the stress of sin. You know, you're not constantly thinking about that sin you had last week. Oh my goodness. There's, you could have gotten this girl pregnant. Like mm-hmm. there's all this stress behind that and sin that sin creates that mm-hmm. ultimately is washed away with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think of um, actually King Solomon in the Bible. He is the wisest man who ever lived. And he um, did a a project and his project was, um, if I live my life seeking every pleasure and enjoying everything that I want to, like saying yes to every single desire, what will my life be like? And so imagine this, the wisest man who ever lived and one of the richest um, persons to ever live as one of the kings of Israel. Like he had all the servants. He had all of the riches. He had all of the respect. He had um, anything that he wanted was at his fingertips. And in Ecclesiastes um, chapter two, he kind of talks about how he does this experiment of life where he didn't say no to any desire that he had. He chased after everything. And at the end of it, he was like, I was great and I was empty and I realized how meaningless all these things I was chasing after are. And so I forget which, you know, kind of old church father said it, but one of them said that there's a God shaped vacuum inside of every one of our hearts and only God can fill it. But we often spend our lives, you know, trying to fill that God shaped hole or vacuum in our hearts with, you know, with the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, accomplishments, um, respect, pleasure, whatever else it might be. And it's just going to always come up empty. Yeah. I think the, I think the main thing is, is the worldly things will eventually crumble around you. Those aren't, those are very temporary. I think Christ is a constant and solid foundation. It's just something I wrote down Mm here. Um, Christ is constant solid foundation and ultimately you find your worth in that and not these worldly things you're chasing after. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think what you said, the worldly things you're chasing after will crumble around you. It reminds me of this, this famous C.S. Lewis quote from one of his books, which I'll just read it right here. He says, we are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Mm. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased, which I think Cole, don't you have a story in your life that kind (laughs) of relates to that quote? All right, guys, get ready for a little obscure analogy. One might say so other weekend we're out in the country, me and my family, my sister recently got a dog about a year ago. His name's Owen. He's a chocolate lab. Jermaine apparently thinks Owen is a weird name. Owen for a is dog. a human <laughs> name. Whatever happened to Fido and Rex, you know, those there's so many other options. But yeah. anyways, keep going. So Owen's a little chocolate lab. He doesn't quite know what he's doing in the world yet. But I'm walking in the field with Owen 
And I look down at Owen and Owen is having a time munching on rocks. And I'm like, mm. dude, what are you doing? <laughs> um, we've got this great food for you upstairs. Like, why are you why are you choosing to eat this stone yeah. on the side of this dirt road? Is he a city dog too? Yeah, he's that? a very city dog. He lives in an apartment. <laughs> city he's, dog. He's never seen a rock in his life. So this is one time to just frolic in the yeah, meadows and so, he's out there. Yeah, he's out there eating rocks when he has this whole like vast open space behind him that he's just dreamed of forever (laughs) and he's sitting here choosing to eat rocks which Mm -hmm. i think ties back to us and i think we are eventually owen in most cases yeah we are sitting here eating our rock whether that's alcohol sex all the all the temptations of the world and why we have this vast open space Mm -hmm. and great food upstairs which god is offering us and that's just reliance in him yeah. 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 I, when you said that, what, what came to my mind was that initially, like going back to the Garden of Eden, like God wasn't trying to rip us off. He was honestly trying to give human beings everything. He was trying to give us um, himself and his gifts and his provision in in um, in overflowing abundance. And we just believed the lie that those rocks were better. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to add to what all of y'all said um, in Psalm 1611, it says, you make known to me the paths of life in your presence. There's fullness of joy at your right hand, are pleasures forevermore. Um, and a lot of our stories are we're just content with what is right in front of our face. And, and we're feeding ourselves the lie that this is better um, and that it'll eventually satisfy whatever those worldly desires are. Um, and that's a lie. And what you feed grows. So if you're feeding yourself the narrative that um, if I just go to enough parties, people will like me enough. I'll be satisfied. That will continue to grow and lead to more and more. But the inverse of that is true as well. If you feed yourself truth, if you abide with Christ, he will make known to you the past life and you will find joy there. And so it really comes down to like, hey, what am I going to put before me and what am I going to choose to pursue and what am I going to allow to grow in my life? Mm-hmm. Preach. Come on. Uh, I love Owen. Yeah. And but I want to I want to make it <laughs> I don't even know Owen. <laughs> but I want to make it a little more personal, Cole. Mm-hmm. So just to maybe play off your analogy a little bit, what are the for a 17-year-old HP student like yourself, mm-hmm. what are some of the rocks that you would say you're tempted to to eat but that you have to remind yourself yeah. of like no, there is not life in eating these rocks. So, yeah, I feel like my one answer is definitely the party scene. I feel like a lot of I'm just stay away from that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to see myself go down that path personally. And I know I could very easily fall into temptation. I'm a broken person. I need a savior. And so I think I try to stay away from that. I think there's also, you know, people will say I'm going into the party scene to preach that and to preach the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately you get sucked in and I've seen people get sucked in and I, I just ultimately don't want to go down that path. And I think, you know, if you want some real hardcore examples, it's what I've said all along. It's drinking, hooking mm-hmm. up and just all of the worldly things that mm. we are called to stay away from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I think, Cole, even as we talked before this, I think the the heart behind that is that I, I, I see a guy, Cole, when I'm talking to you, that this is not a guy that's just reminding himself like, oh, I shouldn't do this just because my parents told me not to do it. Or I shouldn't I shouldn't go to a party just because I read that in a book somewhere. <laughs> um, while while that's true, is like I know that you also are combating those lies with the joys that Christ is offering you. Exactly. Of like, man, I know that going to this party or hooking up is going to lead to death, mm-hmm. and I don't want that. Instead, I'm going to choose life, which life is found in Jesus. And so I would tell anyone who is 
having these thoughts or these temptations of that, hey, faith, it, it starts by looking back at the cross and knowing what Christ did on the cross, that he died for your sins. But it also means looking to the future, which is the future promises of future grace and hope and that he, uh, that ultimate satisfaction is found in him. Or as John Piper would say uh, in this catchy phrase is that God is most glorified when we are most satisfied, mm. meaning that, hey, God is given glory when we have joy and when that joy yeah. comes from Christ. Yeah, so I think that joy does come from Christ because ultimately when I, when I fall into sin, I feel guilt. I feel like an mm. overwhelming sense of guilt and I feel like I've let God down. I know I haven't. He ultimately forgives. Mm -hmm. But I do, I hate that, that feeling that gets inside my stomach. And then, yeah, I ultimately feel like you're not missing out on life. You're missing out on an abundant life with Christ that you could be having. Mm. Yes. A, a phrase that we've said around here at our church for a long time is an answer to the question, is God ripping you off? No, God is not trying to rip you off. He's trying to set you free. Mm. And that's exactly what you just described. We think that eating the quote unquote rock is what is freedom. <laughs> and it just isn't. There's so much more in the abundant life that Christ came to offer us. So that's good, Cole. Mm, I love that. Uh, guys, do y'all have any last words of encouragement for anyone that may be struggling with this question? I'll chime in. Um, I'd say my main thing is find community, period. Mm. Um, find community. There's, uh, just like I said, there's a lot more abundant life in Christ. I think if you can surround yourself in that. And yeah, I think community is your biggest thing. It will be your best friend. And just having guys or girls that you can rely on to keep yourself accountable mm -hmm. is, is huge. And I think that's what's helped me mostly stay away from all this, just having other guys and pat me on the back and say, hey, you know, stay away from these things and just encouragement by others is huge. Yeah. And specifically, when you say community, you don't mean just go join a yeah. sports team or go join crew and find community. Like <laughs> what, what exactly are you talking about when you say community? Yeah. So Galatians 6, 2 says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. I think it's, it's not joining some sports team or a club. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, you are physically, you know, going into spiritual warfare with these other human beings that you have trusted and you are helping each other, you know, and whatever that looks like in their lives, you are carrying each other's burdens together and help just helping each other out and stay on the path of light. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. The, the thing that I would say is, um, at the end of Ecclesiastes, which I recommend anyone who's like wrestling with this question is God ripping me off. Like, I think that book in the Bible answers that question. And at the end of it, Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13, this guy who you know, did this personal experiment of saying yes to every desire that he had. His conclusion is this, the end of the matter, all has been heard, fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. And I just love that. He's not just saying that from like, a, you know, um, you know, a place of ignorance. Like he tried it. He tried uh, all of the pleasure and all of the satisfaction. He, he tried to taste every rock there is, if you will, and he's like, it's not worth it. I, I, I'm living proof of it. And, and it's a, we would be wise to take his advice. So, yeah, you're not finding fulfillment in that. Yeah, that's so good. I would just add um, that if it is your story that you've chosen the world above Christ, um, that you don't have to sit in guilt and shame with that. 
Um, Christ is our advocate and has already forgiven that. And you can bring that to him. You can confess your sins to one another so that there may be healing. Um, and you get to leave that in the past and walk away and start choosing um, to follow Christ and find that abundant life. Let's go. That's so good. I love what you all said. And Cole, specifically the community part, part I think without Without godly friends, my faith would be would be dead. Um, and so I would tell any any young believer if you don't if you have not invited people in your life to tell you the truth and tell you the hard things you need to hear when you start wrestling with questions like this, then you should do that like tomorrow. Just invite people in your life. I've always had my old pastor used to say it always hurts to get punched in the face, but it hurts a lot less when you've asked someone to do it. And yeah. so uh, <laughs> I've asked people like, Hey, if I start ever doubting my faith or being tempted or just uh, walking away from Christ, you have permission just to punch me in the face Sweet. metaphorically. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Nicole, <laughs> man, guys, we love this. We love getting to have another episode. Cole, thank you for uh, coming on and talking about this. Of course. Anytime, man. It was so fun. So guys, Thank you for joining. This was a lot of fun. As always, if you liked this podcast, leave a review. Let us know what you think. And uh, we'll see you next time. Let's go. We'll see y'all. Thank you, guys. See y'all.